Hi guys, how have you been? I've been swell, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, last week episode, in last week episode, I, I talked about um, how I'd released three episodes upon launch, but I decided not to do that and just record these as we go. Um, yeah, I feel like it's more organic anyways, you know? I can talk about my week, I can talk about my daily experiences, just room for more content there. Um... I got off the phone call with my little brother last night and he was telling me uh, we were editing his essays together. His He's about to come to America to do his higher education studies. He's going to study business and psychology, I think. Um, anyways, and last episode, I spoke of my experiences with college, how I moved to L.A. because I wasn't happy in San Luis Obispo. All that good stuff led to me thinking about, oh, maybe I should talk about culture shock. You know, culture shock is culture shock is something we've all experienced to a degree or another. We really have experienced it. You know, um, I think looking back at my Cal Poly experiences, I think most of my problems were amplified because I wasn't used to the place I was in. Or at least I came to after having lived in some other completely drastic drastically different place for 17 years of my life coming into a new place bombarded with all these new things kind of got to me in hindsight but it's not the type of thing where that gets to you at least for me it wasn't that it wasn't culture shock that specifically got to me it was more like my problems that I was having were amplified because I wasn't I wasn't in a place I considered home Speaking of home, home home is like home is like a character in your life, I would say. Going through something at home versus going through something in a completely foreign area is a drastically different experience. Home is something you kind of emotionally rely on too. That sense of security does wonders if you if you're not in a good mental state or whatever. At least for me, um, when I was going through a rough time in Cal Poly, the fact, the very fact that I wasn't home, or the very fact that I didn't consider it my home yet, had a big part to do in me spiraling. Um, yeah. So, um, in preparation, in honor of my little brother's potential move here, prospective move here, um, I want to talk about culture shock. Culture shock is also something you can't prepare for, per se. Um, necessarily culture shock isn't something you realize you're going through until you're going through it but that being said it's not like you can't talk about it and ease someone into you know being aware of this uh, of certain things that you might experience for me culture shock is split into two categories there's like the chunk of it where it's the little things that add up and kind of get to you over time and kind of make you go, oh, damn, like, I'm not used to this yet, you know? But there's also, like, the big aspects of it, like, being actually away from your parents physically, um, thinking about different careers in different um, lo- geographic locations. Um, I'm a business major, so I, I, I used to, like, kind of think up ideas. But then whenever I think up ideas, like, business ideas... Everything would be taken here because the market is just completely saturated. So it's tough to entry entering a market here is tough compared to entering a market back home in Myanmar. 
Oh, anyways, off topic, but yeah, that those are the kind of things that kind of get to you, you know, like it's like you can't think in the same headspace as you did when you were back in a place you called home. If you move away from home, it's tough not to feel like you're walking on eggshells, at least with your own with your own trajectory of your life, with your own mindset and stuff, because it's like you don't have something that used to make you feel secure. So it's up to you to adapt and survive. It's up to you to harbor and garner the mindset necessary so that so that you can kind of, if not, even if you won't have a blast, you wouldn't know how to handle it, you know? Oh, let's let's get into like the first category of like the little things. I was once um, working with uh, uh, team members for my class project, and I on the on the Zoom call, I noticed one of. Okay, this was like what? This was a few months uh, when I was in Santa Monica College. When I was so eight months ago, like I was working on like a class project, and then. I overheard not eight months. Eight months we weren't doing Zoom yet. It was when quarantine started, basically. Um, at when I was on Zoom, I overheard this girl call her mom by her first name, and I thought to myself, "Let's let's entertain the thought of me doing that back home to my mom. <laughs> my ass will get whooped." You know, um, no shade against anyone who does that here because it's the it's it's not. It's not not normal to do it here, you know. I mean, there's the majority of the people don't. People still use mom, dad, and stuff. But when you when you hear someone say call their mom by their first name, it's like so 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 jarring. Like I can't state how jarring it was to hear that because back home we're so into honorifics. Like if I were to call, I can't call my dad's friend. By just the name, I have to add an ooh in front of it. Like my friend, ha- my dad has a friend named Kevin. He's a very dear family friend, um, but I refer to him as ooh Kevin, ooh Kevin. You know, like honorifics. Honorifics definitely played a huge part in my upbringing. So it's it was tough to, it was tough to experience this girl just go, hey Jen. I was like, Jen, who's Jen? Is that your acquaintance? Is that your friend? Is that your sister? Who's Jen? You know, I don't know. I I implore you to try that. If I tried that, like I said, my ass will get whooped. Hey Jen. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, stuff like that. You know, um, it's like the cultural differences, small cultural differences you see. It's not overtly spoken of, but it's there. You will see it when you move. But no shade against it, though. It's just different is people uh, different cultures do things differently you know um but yeah um another little thing i noticed was tipping culture no it's not culture it's like what you do here um tipping is like tipping restaurant uh employees is what i'm talking about um so back home tipping is like you that you get you get your food you have some banter with the waiter waiter or whatever and then if they do it, if they, if you think they did a good job, if they, if you think they treated you well and stuff, you tip them, you know. But here it's more like tipping. I can't not see it as an exploitation on the restaurant owner's part. I don't know much about the restaurant industry, so 
if I'm completely making the wrong assessment, feel free to let me know. But here's my two cents on it. Um, from what I've read and from how I've from the things I've spoken to people about, I realize that tipping is kind of exploitative because it's like the restaurant owners essentially saying, "Oh, I'm not paying you enough, therefore go seek money from your customers." And and there's the other side to that coin where it's the restaurant owners say, forcing the customers to pay because these people aren't being paid enough. So I don't see how it isn't exploitation to some extent, but that's just my opinion on it. And I don't know, tipping back home is like it's deserved and it's 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 like it's an initiation on your part. No one really solicits tipping and stuff like that. But here, once I I forgot to tip this um, waitress. She was she was great. She was great. It was just my first uh, few weeks in America. Tipping still hadn't registered in my head as, as something you have to practice. Something um, a lot of uh, something all restaurants expect of you. So I forgot to tip this woman, and then she chased me out. She was like, "Oh, did I do something wrong? I didn't get a tip." Um, I'm like. Oh, oh, sorry. Was I supposed to tip you? I was legitimately asking. I wasn't. I wasn't being condescending in any way because I didn't know tipping was a, a thing here, like base base amount, ten percent, fifteen percent, I think, of your overall bill. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But here I was, dumbfounded because this waitress had chased me out, and no, asked me to tip her. Like she was when I said she was great, she was great, but she was like. Like it, it, it was, it wasn't uh, like 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 I said back home. I tip because we have we built like rapport and good relations with the waitress. But in this waiters and waitresses, but this waitress in particular, she we just she just gave me food, so like she kind of didn't stay in my head, you know. Um, so it didn't occur to me naturally to to tip her, but her chasing me out like that um kind of caught me off guard, almost made me. F- feel like i penalized her in a sense which i didn't mean to it's just standards here aren't the same as standards there um in terms of like who who's to tip like how much to tip and stuff so it's like i'm sorry um i i, I tipped her in the end of course but you know it was jarring it was jarring to see tipping to be a mandatory thing here Ex- especially going back to my point of me thinking um it's a degree of exploitativeness on the part of the restaurant owner, you know. Um, going off of restaurants, there's also there's also the little thing of seasoning in food. Food here, I mean, there you can't say variety doesn't exist in America in terms of food, but that's if you seek it out. But back home, the default foods, the stuff, the comfort foods everyone eats, um, they're they go wild with their flavors. It's almost too intense how wild flavors go sometimes. But here, the default foods are like burgers, steaks, barbecue, and stuff like that. Which, to be honest, doesn't go much other than like like the main seasonings like salt and pepper. You know, Back home, the default seasonings are different like turmeric, cayenne pepper, paprika, all that good stuff. Like mas- garam masala and stuff like that. Um, but here, it's like... You know, okay, okay, I'm complaining, but I can't pass on a good burger, you know? So who am I to judge? But also, it's like you don't really get creative with that kind of stuff here, at least the default foods, you know? And since I was a college student in Cal Poly um, and only had time to eat 
the default foods what was readily available i kind of got sick of that you know like i can't blame myself for that because like day in and day out you're eating chicken tenders and you kind of you kind of get tired of that um especially if you come from myanmar which it's a different meal every time like even if it's readily available it's new new i would say not new if not new exciting it was exciting yeah i mean i'm from burma so i'm definitely biased in saying that but yeah food it food added up um the difference in the level of seasoning flavoring and stuff got to me because i'm like oh damn i'm not even enjoying the food i ate but i mean like now now that now that i'm taking more initiate initiative with the food i eat um i i it was more like i didn't have time so i was just eating the same thing so i kind of got sick of it which is why i went on this long ramble about food and seasoning um but you know food is a big part of daily life and if you don't enjoy it kind of wears down on you you know um that's extremely that's extremely um picky of me to say but i don't know yeah I uh, food. I I I like food. I like food, so I want to talk about it. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving moving on to like big things. Food is one thing. Tipping is one thing. Like calling your parents by your first name. That's that's like the little things, you know. Um. But the big things is like you're actually away from your parents. You're actually, if not your parents, there's so much to home that added to your upbringing that nurtured you as you grew up. That now that it's missing you can't not feel the 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 discrepancy the the dichotomy between the two places because like i like i said like if you are going through something in america well at, at least when i was going through something in america back when i first moved here it's like the sense of security that home provided for me be it places i could go to to get my mind off of things um people i could talk to to make myself feel better um, to get advice, to give advice, to talk to in general, like make friends with, or like foods you eat because you're feeling stressed or whatever. That that none of that remained the same the moment I moved to America. So in hindsight, it was all these small differences that added up. Added up to it was these small differences that added up to a bigger, more foreign feeling the feeling that you're somewhere you haven't been your entire life yeah and um going back to home um i think that home play home becomes like uh, a supporting character in the plot of your own life you know like there it provided all these different areas of security that you take for granted as you grow up like you don't really think about these things until you move out because you're like fine you know You've been fine your entire life. Um, so you kind of take the security for granted. You kind of take the things back home for granted. Uh, I remember I was like only on the third day prior to leaving. I was like, holy shit, I'm actually leaving. And then it wasn't then until it doesn't it wasn't until then I thought to myself how much I took it for granted. Like these things make you realize, you know, and the fact that I realized three days prior was also indicative of the fact of how much I'd taken it for granted. Like, I'd never envisioned myself in any other sphere of life than the one I had back then. So moving didn't hit me until I was actually going to do it. 
Like that's like the best thing and the worst thing about home is that one, it's home. So you're pretty secure. You're pretty. You're pretty happy go lucky. You're doing fine. But also, once you're stripped of that, it's like you have to become a whole new, different person. Okay, if not new, you have to adapt to a whole new level. And yeah, that's the that I would say is one of the best things and one of the worst things about calling somewhere your home, because you don't know what you've lost until you a- you've actually left. Yeah, um, that's my two cents on home.、Uh, I hope my little brother is prepared for that. I think he will be. I mean, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared, not one bit. Um,、uh, but oh god, a little serious there. <laughs> um, but I'm doing fine now. You know, like people like ad- adapt. People survive. We're all adaptable, to an extent, or to one extent or another. We're all adaptable, and we kind of have to be if we're kind of moving elsewhere. And that's the thing about moving elsewhere is that because you're stripped of all that senses, of, all those senses of security, you you have to adapt in ways you've never thought you could before. Like it's literally taking shit out of your imagination and making it a reality, you know? Because the only person who's gonna get left behind if you don't adapt right, not you don't have to adapt right away. It's like a learning process. I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone will ever adapt perfectly to anything. I think it's just. What it is is adapting, you know. Like you make do with what you have. I think to an extent, over over time, you become better at that. But I feel like if you don't try to become better at that, at least at one point or another, you're the only one that's gonna get left behind. You're the only one whose problems will seem like worse, you know, who feel worse because you have this whole other thing of not being home to think about. But at a certain point, at least I. Knew that I had to stop being caught up in my own head and accept things for what they are, and you know, live with the culture shock, live with the looming sense of culture shock that I'm now okay with living with. It's not like a bother where I have to constantly think about it. It's just like, okay, fine. I could think of it as seeing something new every day or experiencing new things because I'm in a different place. You know, like just frame it differently. But that framing can't come. Until you've kind of internalized everything, which takes time, you know. Like I feel like I was too hard on myself for not giving it ample amount of time, and I think I have now. I'm doing better, so better with the whole culture thing. So you gotta give yourself time to reframe your mindset. Oh, that's so corny, man. That is so corny. But you know what I'm saying, though. Like it's like you can't do it until you do it, type of thing. Until you've experienced the necessary things that make you grow, and in that growth, you. You now possess the skills necessary to move on productively with your life. But yeah,、um, in terms of in terms of that, it also leads to like, okay, let's say you want to think about a new job in this place. That's a whole new life aspect. You're basically nesting into the new place if you secured a job here. You know. With college, it felt more tentative because it was like four years and stuff. It was always more what comes after college that that was in question more so than college itself. So like, if you end up finding a job here in LA or like somewhere else in somewhere like New York, you're kind of nesting yourself into a place, a, a place, you know, like 
jobs become a, a huge part of your life, like nine to fives, whatever of that sort. Like they kind of make you invest in that, you know, at least time, if not money. And the more people invest time into something, the more they become like acquainted to it, more accustomed to it, more attached to it. Um, that's what, like that, that. That's what's scary about finding a job here as an international. Is like, oh, what if I get too used to the place? Okay, that actually brings me to like the next part of the the, the flip side of the culture shock agreement is like uh, agreement. What, why did I say that? Um, culture shock concept is like. What if you end up liking it and you never want to go back home? That's that's a topic. That's that's a that's a that's an issue I've been I got to admit I struggled with at some point. I was so attached to home that I thought nothing could bring me to like someplace else that's foreign. I was so much of a a, a home person, a homebody, is that what it's called? Is that the right term? Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I was so much of a home person that I never considered the flip side argument of, oh, what if when I move somewhere, I kind of start to like it. And if, if I, if that ends up happening, what's my move, you know? Yeah. That's a whole other thing to think about is like enforcing yourself in being proactive in trying to get used to new things, trying to explore new pathways, experiences. What if you end up liking them? Because, you know, people are not static. People are super, people are extremely dynamic. Um, who you are today is not the same as who you are yesterday even. That sounds like an exaggeration, but to a minuscule degree, that could, that is true I, in my opinion. Um, yeah, like people kind of underestimate their adaptability sometimes. Like, for example, me. At first, I hated being here. I hated being here. I wanted all I wanted to do was go home, but I moved to LA. Found out things worked for me, so the start of my being in LA was like, oh fuck, I, I'm starting to like this. Like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm a future back home, so what the hell am I doing? Liking this place, I'm not supposed to like, you know. Um, yeah, like that is also I feel like what needs to be brought out into the open more. Because it's like, sure, you're forcing yourself to adapt. Like, advice to force yourself to adapt to some place, or at least, if not force, try your best to adapt to a place. That discussion rarely comes with the implications of actually starting to like that place and the implications of having to leave home as a result. Because, you know, ultimately, it's your life. You make your decisions. If you don't like home and you want to leave it, that's a, that's a very possible reality, you know? And... um. Yeah, you kind of get in, in in trying to like a place, in trying to find the good in a place you don't you didn't find good in before. You start to like it. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy, you know. You force yourself to force force yourself to like something, you'll like it. I think. At least in my experience, that rings true. Um, because never in a million years would I have thought, oh, maybe I could see a future in America, but. That's been a recent development. Even though I think I'm going to go home, it's like I'm just saying, my, I'm just noticing the mindset change a little bit there. Um, and it's naive not to put that into the discussion of, sure, you need to adapt to a place, but that's in the assumption that it's just that. You're just adapting. You're still attached to home. You still have plans to go home. But 
you know, what if that's not true anymore? What if you start feeling like the place you didn't think was home before may in fact become home? I don't know. There's some food for thought. Um, I, I, I haven't finalized that for myself yet because life last year, life the, uh, the year prior is just far too different for me to make big plans. Like if not, like I, I try to have a good idea of where I want to be, but in terms of plans, I don't want to set anything in stone. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's the... Okay, now that we've discussed like the small things and the big things, like I would argue like the little things is what adds up initially to kind of mess you up when least expected, I, I would say. Like let's say you're having a good day. Everything's jolly. America's feeling nice. The day's good. The weather's good. And then suddenly you go through something. And then you're just kind of like in a pessimistic head headspace. Like you kind of take a step back, you walk around, you 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 try to live in the moment, you're enjoying nature, but then like at the corner of your eye, you'll see something that's different from how things used to be, and then it's like that 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 revelation alone can kind of bring it down, you know. But not to be not to be negative, it's not all negative. It's just I feel like it's it's more to keep cognizant of things you might miss out on the nuances of culture shock um yeah the the nuances that that's i think that's what matters the most but overall i have no complaints about experiencing a new place overall i feel like as we've discussed extensively in this podcast episode um like you it's a given that at a certain point this is optimistic this is optimistic but i feel like it's a given at a certain point that you adapt and you survive and eventually you thrive you know like like you're not going to be static forever and if that takes some proactivity if that's even a word or some initiation on initiative on your part then you're gonna grow as a person because you're trying to fill the shoes of you're trying to fill shoes that you thought you couldn't fit before. Shoes that you thought shoes that you thought were too big on you or it was crooked or your fit your feet don't really um your feet weren't your this shoe wasn't made for your feet. This analogy is falling apart. I'm so sorry. Nearing the end of the 30 minute mark. So, um but you know what I'm saying? It forces you to grow. 10 out of 10 would do it again. Uh, yeah, I hope my little brother, he comes out like stronger. I mean, he, he's, he's one of the smartest people I know. He's the most like intelligent people I know. Um, he's a self-made person. If there were any, like in my siblings, I would say he's like pretty, pretty niche person, pretty his own person. And I fucking respect that about him, but doesn't mean he's going, he's not going to go through the same things I did here. And with him moving pretty soon, that's quite the possible reality. Yeah. Um, if you guys have any any experiences with you, that's my knee. Give me one sec. Um, if you guys have any experiences with culture shock and like you want to share it, like feel free, go for it. Like leave it in the comments, whatever. 
message me dm me um you all know me um but yeah culture shock like this episode may have painted culture shock as this some scary beast but that's that was not at all the message the message for me at least was that um it's something you should be cognizant about and it's something whose consequences you should always be cognizant about like the whole not expecting to like a place you didn't like before that's a whole reality because i personally felt the mindset change in that yeah it's the type culture shock is if i had to if i had to say culture shock is culture shock is it's great it kind of it's a tough one it's a tough one but in it being tough it's hard not to grow from it because okay the most reductionist view i have of culture shock is that you're in a different place you force yourself to try new things not not reductionist i don't know if that's the right term but this if broken down into most simple simple terms for me culture shock is you're in a different place now take this either take this as an opportunity to go out and find yourself and who you could be or how you could adapt to this place and in doing so grow grow completely into a new person or a better person or two don't do anything with it stay static but in doing so you might miss out on who you potentially could be because i'm a firm believer that people can be different versions of themselves to fit whatever endeavor they may be carrying out right now and i don't think that's disingenuous at all because because it's your life if you want to kind of mold yourself into someone that could have an experience so much better wait okay let me rephrase that if you were to mold yourself to become a person and you will have a better experience out of life in the place you're living in because you've done that then by all means go for it you know but yeah, there's also the static side to it where you don't really want to do anything, but I'm I'm completely for that too. It's just it's just what you do with it later on matters. So like that's going to that's kind of like a definite defining point in your life is how you handle culture shock in my opinion, but that that doesn't mean it's like a make or break either. It's just it's an opportunity for you to find out who the hell you could be or want to be. Or who you are. It's an opportunity to find out who you are. That's my two cents on culture shock. This is a fun episode, mostly because I'm trying to look out for my little brother. But yeah, this was a this was a good episode um, to talk about. I've been wanting to kind of go into it in further detail because there's no one I know that didn't go through culture shock to an extent or, or to one extent or another. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed me yapping to myself once again. Um, I'll be posting this on YouTube, Spotify, Facebook. You can find me in all three places. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.